All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the World of Momos podcast. And on this uh, segment of Reflections and Reactions, today we have Matthew Bond with us. First, uh, we'll let Matthew introduce himself. Go ahead. Uh, Matthew, tell us a bit about yourself, where you're from, and all the jazz. Thanks, Momos. Nice to be here. My name is Matthew Bond. I currently reside in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and I'm a English teacher by day and artist by rest of the day and evening. And I've been teaching for the last five years and I've been making art all my life. And I do freelance artwork and you can find me on Twitter. My handle's at drawnbybond and by the same website name, um, drawnbybond.com. So it's a pleasure to be here. And yeah, I'm looking forward to having a conversation. Oh, right. That's cool. And I will put all the links below anyways for people to check out um, Matthew's stuff, uh, which is pretty cool. Actually, I, I really like his art. Um, as So today we are going to talk about, um, which the title says, what is going on in Canada? So um, to sort of bring, put a bit of context before we talk about it, um, currently, um, as it's been told in the news, mortgage growth in Canada hasn't been this week since 2001. The Canadian Central Bank ex, um, expects that the economy will avoid a recession. Uh, and last month's forecast growth of like 0.8% or something like that for both the third and fourth quarters might suggest that. However, you know, Canada's economy depends a lot of, on uh, exporting to United States as well. 75% of can, uh, Canadian exports go to America. And Canada's GDP in August uh, came in at uh, 2.082, I think, so trillion dollars um, in August. And uh, the uh, the previous month was only 0.01 difference. So is Canada in a recession? Probably seems like it. Um, you know, uh, two in five uh, people say, Canadians say that they have taken money from savings or other accounts that they generally uh, try to avoid. I'm pretty sure for most of the people, it's even worse than just taking money from the savings is, you know, the infl- inflation seems to be cooling at, at some point, but the cost of living crisis is not. Um, prices for just about everything are a lot higher than they were a couple of years ago, which is which seems to be, uh, the same for most countries, but in Canada, it seems to be a bit worse. Um, and while there has been a widespread progress to bring price growth to heel, many categories are still climbing. And, and the effects of those prices from last two years of it being expensive is also going to be felt now, even though the prices might go down relatively lower. Uh, still, what people have spent before is going to have effect now. And culturally, as people know, the the patriation of the Constitution in 1982, uh, which was the process by which Canada became able to amend its own Constitution without the agreement of the United Kingdom, included a new element, uh, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Um, it was section 27 of which provided that this charter shall be interpreted in a manner consistent with the preservation and enhancement of the multicultural heritage of Canadians. So it sort of baked in multiculturalism into Canada. However, when we see 
a multiculturalism trying to play out in, in the Francophile areas of Canada, like Quebec, it doesn't really work that way because people who are coming in from different cultures, they are generally speaking English and not really learning French. So the multicultural element within the Francophile areas cannot be maintained within the, you know, that, that sort of culture. And then we also saw the introduction of the Bill C-16, which had a lot of negative effects on the freedom of speech in Canada. And obviously the draconian laws and actions of the government against its own people during COVID, everyone knows about that and the, 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 uh, the freedom movement of the truckers as well. So encompassing all of that crap that has, <laughs> Canada has gone through and going on, what we want to talk about is what is what has been the change in Canada culturally over three years, probably a little bit before the the uh, pandemic and during the pandemic and now after the effects, has there been a cultural change? And then what has been the cultural change since 7th of October uh, when Hamas attacked uh, Israel? So... What, so yeah, just just talk to us about that. Okay, interesting questions, definitely. So on the ground level, from my experience, what I've seen in my particular city, I'm in the east end of the GTA, and there's been a massive influx of Middle Eastern immigrants, um, which is, you know, it's interesting. Um, it, it plays is in that line recent? With, absolutely, absolutely. I, I have never seen such a mass... Um, like I said, influx of Middle Eastern immigrants in my particular city, but also in the in the core of the GTA in downtown Toronto. Because um, I travel downtown with friends and for business, and I see, yeah, I've just seen a, a huge change in the demographic. Um, and it's interesting because this, I, I feel that this plays in line with the government's impetus to have foreign students come in, um, you know make the most of the educational system but there's something going on that doesn't quite make much sense and that ties directly in line with the housing situation so we've got thousands and thousands of students i've you know i I lived in brampton for a while it's just on the outskirts of the gta to the west and it's it's a heavy um indian demographic in that region and i have seen i've seen numerous videos and and i live there so i i can vouch for this they'll have a job offering and there'll be lineups for blocks of just um, these students, students looking for work, uh, looking for places to live. Um, You know, if you, if you walk down a residential neighborhood, not necessarily in a lesser off area either, you'll see maybe five or six cars in the driveway. And this is because the landlords are renting out five or six rooms in their home to, to people trying to survive. Um, So yeah, it's, it's interesting the way things have changed. And this really did begin, I'd say, around 2017, 2018, just before the pandemic struck and the lockdowns occurred. And then and, and now it's just ever increasing in, you know, it, actually, it's interesting. <laughs> I have lots of Indian friends. Um, I, you know, I've, in, the, in the early 90s, I grew up, my first friend on my street was a, an Indian boy and a Chinese boy. And that was, it's fascinating how that's kind of, foretold like how the demographic would shift in this country um so i've always i've always gone along with people of all ethnicities i think 
and as we'll as we'll touch later on, just the the value that immigration can bring to any country um, at its best. Uh, don't but, don't don't try to hide your racism, Matthew. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, you know it's it's honestly like ninety percent of my friends aren't white, which is actually interesting. So yeah, it's um, you kind of. I'd say I got lucky growing up amongst people of different ethnicities. Like it's really just, um, you know, like, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> you know, like multiculturalism, I see it as, um, it depends on the region. It depends on the country. Right. So I don't think so. It works in Britain uh, as such. Okay. And, and that's me saying as, as someone who has immigrated from other country into Britain and become British that, sure me bringing a culture from outside is fine but me bring a culture from outside and then having it be the the national culture is not fine like impacting that much on it is not fine right, right. because britain has such a continuity a historical continuity right so that needs to be kept for it to be alive in america multiculturalism works in a lot of ways because it is sort of like a you know country of immigrants so people are bringing in their culture and stuff. And it's that sort of works in Canada as well, because it is an offshoot of America in terms of, you know, the new world, the finding of the new world and stuff. But multiculturalism works in good times, right? So it's sort of sure. like you go to a carnival, you're having a good time, there are different things and you're enjoying, oh yeah, different foods you from different world. And like, you know, you're enjoying all of that. Oh, you're from there. You speak that language. You know, you're having a good time. So what people, I think so, what happens with people, they get stuck in that carnival mode. They yes. think the life is that carnival, right? But when a hardship falls in, that's when you see the negative effects of multiculturalism that hasn't been encapsulated by a strong national culture, right? Absolutely so, agree, yeah. Yeah, so like see if if you can find the parallels for it right so during 9-11 when 9-11 happened uh in america the american like ha had a lot of multiculturalism in going on and always has but they all pulled together they had a sense and this i'm saying this reason not from before but reason in what most people would have experienced in their lifetime you know uh, unless you're very young and you shouldn't be watching that then but <laughs> You know, um, Americans pulled together. So there was multiculturalism, but there was an overriding Americanness, you know, and then they pulled together. But they, they because there was talk about national culture being more important and then you welcoming other cultures. So, but now that the 7th of October event has happened and we don't see America pulling together in the same way. No, we can say like it didn't happen to them. Yeah, it's fine. It didn't happen to them, but it did happen to one of the Western countries, one of the pivotal, pivotal in my view, Western countries, which is at the forefront of fighting within ideology, which is against the entirety of the West, right? So they are pivotal in that sense. But what has happened during the COVID and everything like that, people have completely disintegrated and that is because of the negative effects of why things so multiculturalism, because if you're having multiculturalism from for people who are also of liberal democracies or hold uphold de liberal democracies to be good, like uh, you will have Indians, you will have Chinese coming in who do, did not like their 
uh, you know, communism. And that's why they come to respect liberal democracy, right? That sort of mix when it's coming through is fine. But when you have a, like like people from Middle East, people from other Islamic countries coming in, very fresh, fresh right now, right? Who have a very negative view of the West. They don't respect the liberal democracy. We can't really be expected to, you know, appreciate their culture, right? You can't. So that's why I think it, it's a problem. But since you guys have it in your constitution, you guys seem to be screwed over it. But have you seen that effect, like your communication with uh, or your friendships with people who you grew up with and then your interactions with other immigrants who are just coming now from these Islamic countries? Have you had any interaction? Do you feel there's a stock like, am I making some sort of sense? It does make sense what you're saying. Uh, interestingly enough, most of my friends that, like I mentioned, aren't Caucasian. They're either Chinese or black. So. Um, I don't have too many uh, Middle Eastern or Indian friends. I do speak with some Indian people. And oddly enough, uh, this one fellow I'd spoken with, he says, as he'd said, his friends have told him, there are just simply too many Indians. <laughs> and I <laughs> I think it's fascinating to, to yeah. hear that from a, a, an Indian man himself. But, um, you know, he's, I'd say he's fully integrated. He, he doesn't um, allow his religious views to supersede, you know, his... Um, his sense of a uh, community or place within the, the city, you could say. Mm -hmm. um, and I was going to mention that. Uh, yeah. Can Okay. So an interesting term I learned way back in grade school, the, the melting pot society versus the mixed salad type of society. America is more of a melting pot because, you know, uh, the cultures become assimilated within the demographic. You can practice your religion, your political leaning, but you're kind of within that scope of the American way of life yeah here in canada it's, happiness, so. yeah well truly truly in canada it's completely a mixed salad and it's only been exacerbated in the last four years i'd say mm -hmm. especially now with this these global conflicts that are erupting um that's the thing the and, carnival has stopped so yeah true <laughs> that's it it precisely yeah it's a good good uh, metaphor there the the mixed salad aspect in toronto has always been evident and apparent especially with the kind of like it's segregation in a wholesome way because you'd have certain towns, certain streets like this would be Cabbage Town, Chinatown, Greek mm. Town, and it just works so beautifully. It was so, and it still does. It still does. Um, you know, you you walk down Chinatown, and I, I've actually been to China. Just walking down the streets, it looks and it smells like China. It's really mm. fascinating. And then you go to Greek Town, you can get a, a taste of the cuisine and the atmosphere, and you know, just that cultural, um, that eclectic mix of cultures, not clashing, but kind of coexisting, coexisting harmony yeah. it really it's a beautiful thing it really that, that's kind of where i'm you know in the vision of my mind of how immigration works at its peak this is yeah precisely it but again like you're saying we're seeing now yeah because yeah, people have just you know, taken to their yeah be, because you know what happens is we are celebrating china and everything right uh like in that sense that you go to chinatown the chinese over there and you get that feeling of their culture and stuff they are coexisting there's no problems right but what if Canada goes to war with China, right? So this is the yeah. problem that I have with multiculturalism. Like it works, but if you have an imbalance of certain cultures, you know, you don't have a proper mix. You don't keep an eye on immigration. You get too many people in for one culture. 
and and also when you get people of competing culture right so when you have muslims coming in it, it, and coming in and you're not vetting them and they're coming in from problematic islamic countries yeah. as going to have an uh, adverse impact on the hindu population mm-hmm. and the jewish population of that area because they are they have always been prejudiced against oh, yeah. Them. yeah yeah so they're going to have that effect sure. right what if what if canada has to not like canada is going to war with anyone apart from itself but what if canada has to go to war with any of the islamic countries what are the this is the question that i keep on asking about britain because britain is more in a position to go to war with that but canada as an ally would be helping right so what are these people where are their allegiances then they don't seem don't. to be like with britain like for these people who have yeah. recently come in at least the first generation immigrants it doesn't seem to be like with britain and canada so they become a liability mm-hmm. and then that creates hostility and stuff yeah. but that also even within that carnival mode but people seem to be afraid to say that you know immigration actually cause um pressures on a, na- a nation services right so the housing services the yeah. the the medical services which is in britain and canada is a bit similar because we have national health system right um so how can we keep on having that good quality of free to the point of delivery healthcare if we just keep on adding more people to the system right then we keep on adding people from different countries who don't understand the the base culture of that area so the healthcare that they're providing is just an objective healthcare right so the, yeah, the subjective yeah. part of the healthcare of taking care of the elderly and stuff understanding the culture that goes downhill yeah right so but what are the so because you live in a uh, in a city around a city and in a city what has been the impacts of the people within canada like how are people like fearing because you are self employed as well to the most extent so mm-hmm. how how does it look for you well that's yeah that's a very all encompassing type of question it's it's interesting because you know i've had like i said i'm i'm on the ground floor and i'm i'm in the trenches and i have some solid anecdotal experience i can relay here um for example the healthcare system we know it is at its capacity beyond anything i've ever seen in my lifetime and here's a good example. A friend of mine, Indian friend of mine, uh, is it was is training to become a dental hygienist assistant, I believe, mm. assistant. So he invited me to come to his um, his school, and they they do teeth cleaning and that for training. Mm. And I went there to get the checkup, but I couldn't complete the training for him because I needed a doctor's signature for for his for his you know, liability purposes. Yeah. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll go. I I don't have a family doctor currently. I make a point to keep myself in as best health as possible so I don't have to deal with that because the system is just total chaos right now. And I do have other friends that are they're working in the field and they they just say it's 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 madness. But so I went to my local walk-in clinic to simply get this signature. And I know for a fact I could have done this no problem 5 6 years ago. So I walked into the clinic and it was completely there were about 40 people. 40 people just in there, children, elderly people. It was completely full. It was the middle of the day. And I went to the receptionist and asked if I could 
you know, um, set up an appointment, get a signature. I want to get a, you know, it's for getting a dental yeah. checkup. She said, we don't even, we don't do that. No doctor in here is going to just sign it off on you. They need you to be a client with, or be a patient with the doctor. And that's mm. like a whole process. And they're not yeah. taking any patients. With that clinic and- so right off the bat, I, I couldn't get a simple teeth cleaning. Mm. without uh, you know with someone training not even an actual dentist because the doctor was at such peak capacity i wasn't even able to be taken on or even considered to be a a patient and they didn't even ask me my health condition so like that's just one clear example of how overloaded the system is and another story you you keep hearing people are calling for ambulances they're waiting 10 minutes there's no one picking up the phone uh, and this is in Toronto. I'm speaking for Toronto. It's ten minutes Toronto is a short time for here, to be honest. It's a short time, but like, no, no, no. Minutes... like just imagine <laughs> oh, that. <It's laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. No, no. It's... I mean, the, I think so. Those those troubles are a bit similar over here as well. Okay. England. Yeah. Uh, but even more exasperated. Like, just imagine the place that I live. Right. It, it, it's a town. It's a small town of sixty-four thousand people. So sixty-four thousand people is a lot a of people, number. right? We only yeah, have yeah. two GP surgeries, so uh, just two clinics. Right, two clinics right. in this area and two like so sort of like three, four clinics, but they are divided into sections of that. That's not enough. That's mm-hmm. not enough for anyone to get. You're asked to call at eight o'clock to get an appointment, right? Yeah. Like you call at eight o'clock, no one is picking up because it's already on busy. You're waiting, yeah. you're waiting, yeah. you're waiting, right? So you, you don't really get to that point mm-hmm. of actually having an appointment, and you're, but you're paying every month for oh, it oh yeah oh yeah yeah but like the then but the national health is good as long as you have a, a sort of a limit on the people that you're getting into your country yeah. and also yeah. increasing your capacity within your health system like you know making it good but how is it like how are the so how are the renting and the buying going on in canada yeah, that's oh, that's a massive question and an, an important question. Um, it's as bad as you think, and definitely worse. The numbers that they project aren't nearly accurate. And for example, prior to COVID happening, I was actually looking to rent a place to live because I ended a relationship and I'd moved out of Brampton back to Toronto, and I was just I was looking for a new place to live. So. That was an adventure. I'd gone to maybe six different locations across the city. Um, you know, as a prospective renter, I had a perfect credit score, you know, enough to cover the rent uh, for multiple months up front and no dice. Nobody was, you know, it, the competition just to rent is obscene. And that was before the situation has just exploded. Rental prices were actually pretty fair. You could rent, uh, you could rent a bedroom or a studio for around a thousand, a bedroom for about six, 700, a studio for a thousand and anything else would be, you know, upwards of 2000 for multiple bedroom. But now you're looking at upwards of 2000 for a studio, just to put the numbers in perspective and a studio is no bigger than 400 square feet. I think it caps at like 400, 450 max. It's about the size of a master bedroom. Mm. So, and even getting that, there's simply nothing available. There, there's nothing available. If you go on any of the rental websites for the city, you'll see that whatever is available, they're charging whatever they want. Because yeah. so far as I've learned, to, is that due to uh, too many people, or is that due to too many people and not building enough houses as well on top of that, or it's, it's just like yeah. 
it's yeah. it's all of that. It's all of that. It's also the fact that there are so many people, so the demand is higher. Also, the fact there are plenty of places that are available but vacant because the prices are so. But do you know what the high. current mortgage rate is as well? Like, because that that would be another thing, right? The cost to the landlords gone up. Yeah, that's exact. That's another factor. There's so many factors. I like that you're mm -hmm. asking these questions because it all comes into play. It's all the landlords are affected. The renters are now are affected when the landlords raise the rent to try and meet their mortgage costs per month. So I've I have learned from people in my in my close circle that when they're so let's say the rate was at maybe three percent, it's going to be renewed at maybe upwards of five or six percent. So they're going to be paying. Almost fifty percent yeah, more than they have, have already. It's too much, and that's why people are renting out literal, you know, four or five people in a room to simply meet the cost. Yeah, that monthly fee. No, that makes there's, sense. there's no other way. They're I mean, going like, to lose. Uh, yeah, a friend of mine, a really close friend of mine, they're like renewing their uh, mortgage recently, three bed house. It's it's not a city or anything. It's out like you know, uh, in my county, uh, it's a town, and um. He, he will have to pay 700 pounds extra per month than what he's paying. How, how, like, I, I just don't understand, like, how are they expecting people to go on with this? Such... Is the, yeah, it's, it's fascinating, man. The things that I'm, that I'm learning and just learning kind of like on that, like, ground level, like all these little things that they don't talk about. But for example, if you go to the bank, but like, people are going into debt to make these payments. Mm. They're mm. saying they're going into their savings. Maybe the maybe the middle to upper middle class are yeah. dipping into their savings. That's what I was saying. Yeah, everybody else is using credit. And, and what they've done to people over COVID, like because Canada went, like you guys went mental, because you were still doing masking and stuff like that, and what you did after. to the truckers and and what not. What's happening with that? What happened to the freedom truckers? They're they're in court currently. They're going through trials. Uh, the people that were involved, uh, Tamara Lich, the the head organizer, she's still. I think she's making progress, though, from what I've heard. I'm, I'm not following that closely. What is like enough, the but... people's feeling, like normal, ordinary people's feeling within Toronto and area? Like, are they still connected to that? You know. You know what? It, honestly, it really woke a lot of people, like like woke a lot of people up in the sense that they wondered, like, okay, there's a resistance happening here. Why is this happening? It kind of got them thinking about should I start paying attention to potential government corruption? Why is why is this even happening? Why is this a thing? Um, you know, it pertains also to to getting the vaccines. People are wondering, did I really need to get these vaccines? A lot of these like six million people they say didn't get them. I think the number's vastly higher. I'd say, I, I'd argue it's how many didn't get the third and fourth and oh know, yeah. yeah, let alone the first one. Yeah, the third, fourth, and they're yeah. they're still pushing the latest one. So that's. Now, a lot of people are refusing. I think they have, they're they saying yeah. on the news it's less than 5% uptake for the latest. You guys one. are like pretty polite. So are you seeing that change? Like uh, that this is not about a social politeness. This is about, you know, being screwed over and not wanting that. Because there is still a sense oh. of people don't understand. Like Canadians are still like pretty freedom loving. Um, you guys have, guys have expansive, like, you know, lands and stuff. It's not like yeah. your politeness is not to be taken for compliance. Right. Yeah, the tension is definitely high. And, you know, it's interesting. I think people that have been here for at least two generations. Um, so my my parents' generation, myself, we kind of have this – we grew up with a standard and expectations. Um, you could you could write it off as entitlement, but this is the way life has been for us for decades. And it's mm -hmm. all it's all of a sudden shifting. And it, it almost – I know I, maybe this is just me thinking this way, but – it only it would make sense if the government is trying to shift its entire political leaning in a particular way. It's got 
a particular agenda in play. Why not flood the country with just a whole new people yeah. to, you know, implement your, your, your new ways of living and nobody's going to bat yeah. an eye to it because it's See, just... that, that is the feeling that most people in most of the Western countries are having. That is a feeling that me as an immigrant has felt as, as well. It's like, oh, well, this is not what I came here for. Right, so I am feeling that after 13 years of being in Britain, I'm feeling that betrayal coming in as well. It's like, no, no, this is not what you sold me. You sold me. I'm coming in here for British culture for Britain, right? Yeah. Now you're saying like the culture that I went away from is better than over here. And that oh, yeah. is sort of like, no, I'll, I'll, you know, I want my money back. <laughs> so like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, for this sure. is not what you sold me. So, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. What is like? What are why? Why then? Why do people keep on voting for this idiot? What is well, what this is, is the <laughs> that's the question? It makes you wonder because so he's been there for so long now. Yeah. Obviously now he's not going to be there, but like he had been there for so long. It's not just him. It's the seeds that he has implemented with other people as well because of him staying over there. What is it? Why? Why can't you guys vote for your own benefit? I think that that'll be really telling in the next election. Um, it, it's baffling. It makes me think I, the vote <laughs> doesn't doesn't matter. I I don't know. Is he is he was he installed? Have they kept him there? I I really it makes you wonder. It yeah. makes you wonder. It really feels like there's an agenda at play. All these new taxes are being implemented, introduced. It's they're simply just draining the wealth from the classes that have the money to spend you know they're doing it reluctantly they don't want to spend i saw a clip recently a trucker had shown his tax receipt they taxed him on you know certain utilities fuel mm. and then they taxed the tax so mm. they're deliberately extracting wealth yeah for literally no reason yeah we know well we know the country's in a severe deficit and it you know they're trying to recoup the loss by one one strategy like i said earlier was getting students in because students are charged three times the tuition price that that was a well-known fact, at least prior to 2020. So they're they're reaping huge amounts of money through the educational sector. Um, it, it's really bizarre what they're doing, and it seems very reckless. Very is very. There, reckless. Is there a sense of? Because I think the Canadians have just woken up really late. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's gone too far. But is there a sense of in people that they are going to fight for Canada, or is it that? most people are just leaving you know i that's most you know if you talk to uh, most caucasian canadians are just mm. ready to either move to the country which i i know a lot of a lot have just to get away from the cities the chaos of the cities mm. or simply just leaving the country that's a common strategy that i have become familiar with i've seen a lot of people i've spoken to people that have done mm. exactly that but if they leave then it's going to be what he wants the canada precisely i think that is the strategy truly i really do the dollar here doesn't go nearly as far as it did five years ago. Mm. The cost of food is is fifty percent higher. It, it <laughs> everything's just extremely expensive. You know that that's another that's a conversation unto itself. So, one thing that has like really bothered me is this has mainly only happened in Canada. Um, I don't know if it's happening or not, but I've seen some advertisements for it. And there surely seems to be some movement around it. And it ha it has been infecting other areas of the West as well. Is this, um, if you're having a mental breakdown, just end your life campaign, right? Uh, done by a health experts. 
what what the hell is going on with that first of all is that actually just something that they're planning to do or is that in action and also what is the general public's reaction of the canadians and the how much do immigrants know about this as well like because they, they would be coming from different cultures but this is just bizarre i'd say it's more than just bizarre for them i'd say it's sacrilegious if anything blasphemous at the very least i say it's blasphemous and not even you know religiously fundamental with my 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 leanings but it's a very real thing um it's very real and it was introduced actually prior to covid happening uh, the the oh. pandemic, the lock, yeah, it, it was introduced prior, and they the numbers that they tell you, the the numbers of people that are that are using it yearly are increasing. So people are actually okay. Wait, this oh. has actually gone on. Oh, it's going on. We're we're talking upwards of I I believe if I'm not mistaken, last year alone was there were thirteen thousand people who no utilized way. the program. Oh yeah, oh so yeah, thirteen thousand people ended their life, ended their lives through that program. Now, do we know the demographics of those people? That's something I'd have to look into. I've, because, I've read the stats. Yeah, the stats are available. It's scary. It's it. Well, it's, it, it's, it will it's have to be Canadians because it can't Likely. be non-Canadians. I am. I'm hesitant to say it, but I have a feeling it's more mainly white Canadians. I I believe so. I re- I, I believe into, so. Uh, that feeds into something. Yeah, that I, mean, I don't like going into conspiracies and stuff like that, yeah, but it feeds into something which is very pernicious that might not be the intent of it, but is it is the result of it. My, this, well, this is yeah. weird. This is yeah. so it, it, weird. it seems like they're trying to, you know, um, push aside one demographic while ushering in another to reshape the country. I mean, any observer looking at what's going on, we we see it happening based on our conversation alone. Let's not even go into the conspiratorial yeah. realm. I, I can just see what's happening. The shift is happening in, in the, the one of the biggest cities in the country, the capital city of the province. This is what's happening. Um, and, you know, it, yeah, well, sorry, going back to this, this MAID program, I'd watched a couple interviews with, I mean, it's, you know, this is someone speaking about their experience, a man who suffered a serious disability, Paying, he was in his fifties or sixties. Paying his taxes all his life, he was making, he was self-employed, making great money. And they were in this interview. He was crying during this interview. He was saying that they were trying to sell him maids, like a like. This is my interpretation. Like a like a car salesman would try to sell you a car. They're what what is maids in, like? The just let me look up the acronym here. Um, uh, is that some sort of a service for? Ending your life or something. If that's the, that's oh. the service, medical assistance in dying is the what the murder. acronym stands for. Murder, yeah. straight and the, murder. Yeah. That that situation isn't even the the cherry on the icing. It's the, the there's, there's another incident where someone was having difficulty paying their rent because they oh, well the, the landlord was was going to boot them out because they were selling the property, and this person's um, social insurance wasn't enough to cover them for any of the locations, obviously with the situation. So they said they'd rather die than be on the street. Cause that was the only other option for them. Now did that so, person so die? Felt, did that like, I don't know what the story was with that. I don't know if they followed up with that person, but that was where it was with that. And it, it, it's really the case. There's no, like it's either you're going to be on the street. Uh, certain people, you know, it, they're kind of in that situation where they're, they're, 
in old age, they don't have like starting a career makes zero sense. The government's not willing to help them out financially to survive. So it's it's horrendous. It's so like I, I I don't even want to go to that argument. Oh, it's 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 a personal life. Like they decide to um, end it. That's yeah. not the problem here, right? The problem is that you're creating conditions where a person ending their life becomes easier and acceptable. Yes. And, and yes. Uh, so that you hide the fact that you are failing the population. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Because so that you can hide the fact that, oh, uh, why do you have to suffer as an old person? Not that I have to provide, as a government, I have to provide you more services. Why don't you just kill yourself? Right? It, it really uh, is. In, certain, it's, in it's, so yeah. many different circumstances. I just, this is so evil. Mm-hmm. And um, in the truest sense of evil, because it, it comes as disguise is the devil's work, right? It comes yep. disguised as something good. Yep. So it is the most evil of the evil things. And um, yeah, I mean, let, let's say like that conspiracy, because the, the problem I have with conspiracies is they sort of hide the true intentions because they oversimplify what is actually yes. going on. Right. True, so. True. And and that in that way we can't solve the problems properly. I have a feeling this is like one of those ideas that people have about this extent extinction rebellion and so on and so on that we, there's too many people right. So there has been so many popular people that have been in uh, popularizing this idea that there's too many human beings right. Right. So this is this has been done by people who subconsciously think that might not say it out loud because they're afraid of their own thoughts, Mm -hmm. you know, that I want to kill human beings. I wish there was more war. So there would be less human beings sort of like that sort of, you know, mentality. Of course, of course. And then they have come to the conclusion and that's how they have convinced themselves that this is a good idea because in the subconscious that that is running, that there's too many people. So they're thinking, Oh, you know, if, if they want to do it, oh, it's their fault. So they just shifted their mentality towards that. So it might not be a master making these plans, uh, having a puppets around. It's like, oh, we're going to reduce the white pop- white Canadian population or a certain population and stuff. But the effects of it would be people feeling that. So that feeling yes. would be real, but there might not be a puppet master doing this. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it's kind it of... Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just might be like subconscious mentality of people yeah. of a certain type. So I'm saying that because that if that is the case, then I'm pretty sure that is the case. Then it's easier to deal with that in that way that the way that you vote becomes even more yes. important. Oh, absolutely. Clearly. Yeah, I, I do lean in your direction with that. Certainly something this blatantly evil couldn't be so blatantly constructed. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, People are actually, too stupid to construct that anyway. So. Of course, of course. Some Something else to add to that. They're they're discussing. I think they're gonna they're they're leaning towards implementing the maid service available to people that have mental illness. So people that are merely depressed would be able to utilize it. Which is you know now you're starting to wonder. A lot of people are on medication yeah. for mental illness and especially depression. So it but now you also think they're trying to cover up as well, like subconsciously again, like sure. oh we have we have failed the whole society on yeah. on the case yeah. of pandemics and all, all the things that we have done. So what can we do? Like you know, this it's is a, a, a part of misplaced compassion, misplaced yeah. 
sympathy, like, you know, going really overboard. But that becomes sort of like important for people to realize that you that this is a point of, in the whole of West, I think that this is a point of uh, conservation. There's a point of conservatives to come back into the fold. There's a point of the, the liberal part of the West to take um, a step back, right? So I think so even though I'm, I am classically liberal to the most extent, but I think so liberal liberals have their failings and this is their failing when they don't know when to stop. Right. So you need a conservation of whatever we used to have to say, no, that was good. Let's keep that. And where we are heading is bad. And that's yeah. why I think so the, the, all of the Western countries need to realize that on mass and probably vote as much conservative as they can because we need to save our society. This is we balance, definitely yeah. balance. Yeah, it's yeah. getting out of control. Yeah. I think so. This is an existential, this is the proper existential crisis, right? Because what in history, what happens with republics, right? So the republics or the empires are stopped, but we don't have empires. We have republics right now. They usually end when the, when the, um, or they start crumbling down when the basis of why they were republic they, they, their origin story gets starts getting messed up right so or or the rules that they laid down at the start they start getting messed up the introduction of bill c16 was one of those things for canada right so that's why canada started free falling I yeah. think so because of yeah. the people who came in with that thought and then they implemented that thought and that yeah. goes against the founding foundations of Canada as a whole. Uh, what happened? So that's why Trudeau is, would be, is a personality that is an existential, has been an existential crisis for Canada. So you're going to have disruption and that, that I see like that is how from, from the core like a republic starts falling down or even an empire starts falling or a kingdom like um, uh, Britain starts falling down when you start uh, saying that, you know, uh, this, this story that they have been trying to say, like the black people were always there in Britain. You know, you, you're changing some narratives. Oh, this is a country of immigrants. No, it's not. Like, you know, you're changing the narrative of the every every British person was a racist. Oh, Churchill was a racist. Churchill was an enemy. Like, yeah. you know, these you're breaking the foundation stories that Britain has yes. been building on. And I think so that could be not even orchestrated, but an idea seeped in mm -hmm. the rest of the populace. Which, which I think so there is some legitimacy to that conspiracy that these have clearly come from China. They have come from uh, Russia, yep. these things to these. And why wouldn't you? Right. Certainly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I believe it, that. It, yeah, exactly. If we were Chinese and we were in the Chinese government or something like that, we would be doing something like that as well. You know, and it's easy wanted, to do. It's easy yeah. to do it. <laughs> yeah. Like really easy. So easy because people are so dumb now. Like, you know. Yeah. yeah. Easily influenced, easily manipulated. A lot of and, youth are, yeah. Yeah. So Social media is the way. Overall, what, so what is the feeling in Canada? Like, do, do you guys think, when is your elections, next elections? Let me confirm that for you. Is it in a year or so or? Let me check here. What is the feeling in Canada as in 
October something... 20th, 2025. So, a couple years so there is a lot of time left. There is is there a time. feeling that, you know, because there is a lot of feeling of despair in all of West and people are leaving the project, so to speak, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know. Canada is probably more dependent on other countries. Um, oh, it is. You know, because it, it's not as if you guys have your own, like, military or, like, you're not capable oh, of. That's another story. Wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. you are dependent in that way, like, having that, um, you know, friends around you, mm -hmm. you know, sort of thing. You can't do it alone. America can do it alone. I think so Britain has screwed itself over in a way as well that it could do it alone but it will involve a lot of suffering before it it understands that it can do it alone but it can eventually britain can do it alone but you wouldn't also want to lose canada out of the western sphere because you know a scalp for the enemy is a scalp nonetheless no matter how important how like you know it is yeah. but do is there more despair in canada do people feel like you know what they did even uh with with the canadian truckers and stuff like was was it worth it is it just better if they just go to america you know it's so much easier just immigrate over there uh, is is there a brain drain going on is there like okay maybe i go away and then i come back in 10 20 years when it's fixed like you know i think it was actually a, a really powerful morale booster to say the least um, it, it showed people that, yeah, people, just the fact that people congregated together with these shared ideas and shared values really kind of rallied up that conservative Canadian type of mentality that, that old school, the values mm -hmm. and what can, um, inclusion and f true freedom, the, the mm -hmm. freedom to decide what goes into your body. I mean, it doesn't get more blatant than that. Yeah. I think it was an important um, protests and demonstration that occurred people look down on that but I and I I question you know it, it was such a you know it, such an iffy topic touchy topic the the whole situation around COVID but I mean threatening someone's livelihood because they don't take an injection of any kind for anything is completely absurd I was bewildered when but I, the way you that know, your government handled it as well, like so heavy-handed, I don't know if that's something that you guys have learned from the French, but I don't understand like why was it, you know, the brutality of the police was a bit too much. It was and out of control. Perniciousness of yeah. like, oh, uh, when the truckers were happening as well, like, you know, cutting off their, this, uh, like petrol or whatever, whatever. Freezing their bank stuff. accounts. Yeah. Freezing their Freezing bank, the bank accounts. accounts. This, I don't think so anyone, any other country has gone that far. No, for some reason, the government in this country, or, you know, they, they've really pushed as far as they, they could before I'm sure the lawsuit started erupting. There's a lot of that going on behind the scenes that is never discussed on the mainstream media, but a lot of people have taken these situations on an individual basis to court and they're not losing. They're not losing. I, for example, the, in the Canadian military, they, they forced, ejected and a lot, they lost upwards of half of their troops really? because they said no and they did walked away they're currently in a deficit of 10,000 ground forces like no it's out of control they are in dire need of revitalizing the military so not to not to digress here but i i'd read recently that the mil the soldiers in the army are in the canadian army armed forces are 
not being paid properly. So they're going into their own debt to feed themselves and they're having to purchase their own equipment. It's, I, I don't know what's going on in this country. But, but this it, is, it this is why I fear for Canada because it, it, being in the military is not like a job that you can go in and out of, right? So it's not as if like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to be a soldier for a while. And then when the situation gets better, I'm going to go back in. No, it takes a lot for, for a person to have that mentality to be a soldier first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if they get out of it, Right. So they have to go through a whole process to make themselves get out of that brotherhood or sisterhood, whatever, like, you know, of that group, like, you know, um, it's a fact. They can't go back yeah. and forth. Dude, those 10,000 are lost. Nine remember- percent of them are lost. They're not coming back. 10 years ago to sign up initially. I, I was interested in just learning about these things. 10 years ago, the sign up was five years minimum. You had to sign up and you'd be in the yeah. army for five years. Now, I uh, this was about five years ago. I walked into a recruiting office just to have a conversation and now it's 10 years minimum it might mm-hmm. even be more now because they they need to retain you know yeah. unless you want to be dishonorably discharged which yeah. you know that's a stamp on your yeah. reputation but yeah it's it's brutal um actually one more thing i want to point out about how persistent they were in trying to get people to take the shots i was getting phone calls with recorded messages from the city's mayor and that happened that happened about a dozen <laughs> times it, oh, it was God. it was like what what the hell's going on? Yeah. That was too much, man. That but really... what what is going on now with what's happened with a October seventh? Because I've like seen a lot of Jew, uh, Canadian Jews who are not feeling safe at all in Canada. I mean, but also that that is not just constricted to the Jews. Like you know, it's sort of like a marker for other people as well. Other people who are in a lot of soft jobs as well, you know, to see, um, you know, because they're using the soft skills and social skills and stuff like that. And they're in those social jobs, which are more affected by these things. They, they, they're not out of that sphere. They're not self-employed and stuff. They're connected to it. Yeah. So them supporting the Jews as well would start, you know, they can see that this has started something else. So oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. what is the feeling with that like what are the actual canadians feeling about you know what is happening you know it's it's fascinating uh, you'd think that the government would intervene when there are massive protests going on once again stopping traffic stopping the flow of work in the downtown core i know that certain streets were basically shut down for protest that tens of thousands of people had gathered they're raising palestinian flags there's protesting going on both sides, but especially, at least so far as the news is projected to us, lots of Palestinian protesters with flags risen and, you know, microphones in the streets, loudspeakers. And I, I could see how that would be completely intimidating and divisive with all the groups in the city, especially with the, the Jewish demographic. Um, I, I, I haven't. I haven't been downtown in a while, so I, I can't mm. say that I've seen it firsthand, but I've, I've seen, I follow a lot of uh, channels and podcasts that are, you know, taking a, a ground look at this. And yeah, the divide is like as blatant as it could possibly be. It took something like this to really just. But it's a very I, no, un-Canadian thing as well, isn't it? Like that free, pa- free Palestine oh. movement is a completely non-Canadian feeling. Well, it it, it uh, lends itself to what you said earlier about how 
people will they'll, they'll immigrate here and just retain every aspect of their identity yeah. from where they'd come from yeah. and, ha and have zero you loyalty. know i go i go so far as to say even respect yeah loyalty respect consideration for the mm. other people in the country you know i actually had a brief period of time where i'd worked as uh, during my my student days at university i was a, i was a student intern at the immigration refugee board downtown and i their process was extremely tight they had people on a two-year wait list to for for appeals to immigrate into the country, and I, I felt that they they were doing a, a very decent job of vetting people who'd be allowed in. Now it seems the case that if you claim refugee status from virtually anywhere, you, you're ushered in on a red carpet, and hmm. hundreds of thousands of people are entering, and it's causing everything we just discussed: yeah. housing crisis. Um cost the standard of living is decreasing there's there's racial the, divide, the ethnic like, divide when you have put that in your constitution since 1982 um you know that um the section 27 of whatever the charter of rights and freedoms and that's that it is for the preservation and enhancement of the yeah. multicultural heritage right mm -hmm. so uh, i i just don't understand what they thought at that time that it would not reduce or it would not completely annihilate the actual national Canadian culture. Yeah. Because, you know, you can't maintain a national Canadian culture. So are there parts of Canada which are uh, more conservative and are like sort of, you know, where where immigrants don't go as well, or is it like mostly like in Britain as well, non-city areas where they are like you know people are moving out of the cities and they're just going to those areas now. That's a really interesting question, and I'll I'll give you an interesting answer to that. So obviously the major cities are congregation hubs for immigrants. Of course, this is where the opportunities mm. are, where you know families might have established themselves prior. Now you'd think that outside the, the major city areas, those zones would be more conservative. And for the most part, I'd argue they are the further north you go, but even traveling 40 minutes outside the radius of any major city, you're going to find mosques built, mm. mosques, temples. I've seen it and it, it makes me wonder. Um, it, it's just kind of bizarre, but obviously the land is cheaper. Yeah. Um, it's it's easier uh, possibly to, to purchase land in those areas, but you know, if there if there is going to be expansion, it's, it's already happening. It's because people are starting to spread out beyond the city mm. regions into the countryside. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is it is. What do you think your own perspective is like? What what how you see yourself in the future? Do you see yourself fighting it out? Uh, within Canada, or are you despondent enough to say, like, you know what, I'm not doing enough business because people don't have enough money over here, or they they are not spending on that, or or I'm not of diverse background for people to be spending on me, you know that sort of feeling, um, you know that that doesn't reduce your Canadianness. It's sort of sure. like it's a necessity sort of thing. Are sure. you thinking of what others are thinking as well, not just like? Oh, going to Canada, but maybe yeah. 
you know, go, going to the Asia Pacific areas, you know, uh, Singapore and those areas for a while. And like, you know, sort of say my country has lost its way, but I'm still Canadian. I'm going to keep that Canadianness in me. But for a while, I need to make a living because we are both of that age in our like, you know, of like a past 35 where we have to think about like the next 20, 30 years of our life. Precisely. You know, be, having, trying to make the most impact that we can in those 20, 30 years. And we can't be, you know, muddled up with things. Oh, yeah. You know? No. That's a great question. Honestly, um, yes. Economically, it's proving to be an extreme challenge here. Um, and this is across the board. I've got friends that are making six figures. They're feeling the crunch. Mm. And you'd think, you know, six figures it's is now the, the basic, the, the, the six figures is the new 40, 50,000 a year. It's really become that. It's After, it, it's, it's out of control. Yeah. And it, it, it takes a lot to earn that much money. You've got to be an expert in your field. You've got to have the credentials. You've got to have the experience. Nobody's coming out of the gate making 100,000 unless you're. Yeah. Unless you're a doctor, lawyer, or engineer, even then you have to earn your way up. And I know for a fact that they pay less here than they do in the States. So the incentive to work here, the incentive is to get an education here. And then use that. Better. To That's it. But That's then again, it. like even the education, the quality of education is going down so much. Do you really want, you know, to be educated over here or would you rather yeah. be educated like I would I would even I say like people would be better off getting business education in India sure. than any other countries because they are real over there with with sure. their businesses and stuff yeah. you know but this is what I'm seeing is how people are not going to have families and stuff you know uh, because you know they are at our age and they're still not secure yeah. It's unfeasible. Whereas before 10 years ago, even doing a minimal job, you know, would have secured us, you know, totally. totally. So this is a problem. Like, you know, I've been talking to my wife as well. You know, what are we thinking? What are we doing? You know, is, is this sustainable for us? You know, um, neither of us like, you know, are in the mood to spend most of our lives, you know, doing something that, or, or living it out, you know, hand to hand, mouth to mouth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's not doable, you know? So yeah, that's why I'm thinking as well. Like are most Canadians in that boat? Are they thinking like, you know, I, I, I can't do it anymore. Or, or will we see a more bigger exodus or people staying to fight after the next elections? That's yeah. That's a great question. That's a great question. I see. It seems to be the case that people that are that are better off are more willing to leave. People that are coming in that are in, that are used to a lesser standard of living are just accepting it. That, mm. that seems to be the case, and yeah. I think the country is actually counting on that. Yeah, because I've never, I've never, you know, communal living isn't something. It's something you do in college for like two or three years. Yeah, you're not living. No. Five to five to a room with strangers. Yeah. That's not that's not no. acceptable. That's not even appropriate, in my no. opinion. That's no. not how we. That's not how anybody here has lived in the last 20, 30 years. But it's starting to become an acceptable norm. The government's turning a blind eye to just the way these these landlords are, you know, divvying up their space within their homes. I understand they're trying to pay their mortgage. I completely get that. But you can't have. You know, they're charging maybe three, four hundred dollars yeah. a person for us. That's basically a bed. That's it. Yeah. You get a bed space, you have zero privacy. Yeah. 
but you know like um uh back 100 200 or something years ago within britain or probably 100 years before as well that's how people were living in london right so yeah yeah, yeah. uh that makes sense we, yeah yeah we improved but we haven't improved for ourselves it seems like we have improved for other people and people who are more ambitious people who have more you know more to give are, are going to start you know seeking other routes because it's there's so much to change but that also s- sort of leans to that other feeling of mine that is probably a bit selfish that we are not staying and we are not fighting right. and we we're leaving those who can't who are stuck geographically because of their situation because of how much they have they earn because of their background or whatever they're stuck in, in our countries geographically and we're just leaving them to fight for themselves right which you know it's that feeling that is stuck and it's not greed you know people might think oh you want to go like so you can have a nice life everyone wants a nice life right that's why other people are coming into our countries that's yeah. precisely the point right, right, right? right like they're coming over here i haven't complete sorry go ahead no but that that's what i was saying like it's not greed it's not as if like we want more money because you and i are both in that same boat it's not sure like really the money is like it's mm-hmm. more of the freedom and yeah. the ability to uh, to engage in your uh, in your ambitions mm-hmm. with as less restriction as possible yeah. you know it, it can't like it can't be greed all the time but it it can be as well you know why, why not a person can want to earn as much as possible if they're able to do it absolutely know? absolutely yeah going back to your uh, question a bit earlier I'm at an interesting crossroads myself where I'm deciding, you know, I don't think Canada is a lost cause. Mm. I do see a bright future in, in certain areas. I mean, the, the population's expanding. I'm in the field of education during, with my day job. So I see huge potential there for growth. Um, I'm not, a, I'm qualified to teach overseas. I do my teaching remotely. Um, I'd, I'd have to go back qualified to teach as an official teacher here, mm. but um I've heard that they're they're in desperate need of teachers here, and I, I I understand it makes sense. And I've spoken to a woman who is a teacher here recently, and she said that in the last couple of years they have been in dire need, and they're willing to pay top dollar for teachers who are qualified. So there are, there are opportunities still exist in different in certain fields. Yeah, but it's a education. cultural problem, isn't it? Because they need more teachers, but they need teachers to be compliant to their vocal ideology. So that's oh, that's a day. <laughs> you know. So, I mean, like, yeah, it, there yeah. might be more teachers needed in Canada, but like, are you? Am I willing to toll the status line, right? I know, or the the party that, line. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Like, you know, and if you want to further your teaching and whatever, you can't do it within schools in Canada because how long are you gonna go on with their with their BS, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say if someone like you wanted to, like, no, I really want to teach. I like teaching and stuff, and then you get an opportunity somewhere, like, let's say in Vietnam, you know, sure. exciting you know, completely different culture coming like, you know, for the next 10 years or something like that. And there's nothing of this, or hopefully there's nothing of this nonsense going on in right. those Asia Pacific countries that much. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's true. Yeah. It's so, not going on. Weighing that, those things up, uh, people yeah. are, you know, this is what I fear people are going to do. There's going to be, there already is a lot of brain drain. Mm-hmm. And I think so Canada is going to feel that a lot if more. It is already. Oh, a lot more, yeah. certainly. 
Yeah, certainly. But yeah. I don't know what then becomes of Canada afterwards. Does does it just become a homogenous blob of like nothingness, or just like you know a ref a huge refugee center that Britain is becoming itself? I have, I have sincerely thought that that is the direction they're intending for it to to go. I considering what I've seen around me, the way mm-hmm. I've seen the country shift in the last half decade, that's what I see. It sounds brutal, but that's just it. I mean, I. I and then, yeah, I, like, yeah. is, is there a way that Canada breaks up in certain, you know, provinces and stuff like that? Is there a push between people who are like, okay, we are not going down that route. We're going to, you know, go seems into America or something with, like that. Yeah, it seems to be the case with Quebec and Alberta specifically. They seem to be highly independent and retaining it's, some Quebec of their... Quebec is having yeah. that issue because of them being uh, Francophile, right? So yeah, they, people yeah. are not, uh, they, they cannot their culture is not being maintained because people Im- immigrants who are coming in are not learning french or the french way you know it's true they've always been exclusionary um mm. largely to do with the language i know that i was even considering um moving there to find a place mm. to live um and i'd spoken with some friends and they'd said that knowing the language will do you well so being mm-hmm. fluent in french is you know it's not but now anybody's people are just moving anywhere anywhere they yeah. can find a place to live yeah it's get it's gone to that point you know, I, I made a tweet the other day, uh, just you know, kind of on a whim, saying what the country needs immediately is 10 million homes and a rent cap on each of those units. Like we yeah. need it, and the government's doing whatever it, it's doing. Like it's, I, I feel like like the prime minister's mocking people when he says, "Oh, we're, we've invested half a billion dollars in three thousand more homes." Yeah. Like three, you just let in 10,000 people yesterday. Yeah. And you know, the problem is like when you have such low drip of homes, um, new homes making as well, the, the, the uh, price or the cost of the homes remains at that or goes up. Right. Yeah, if you right. have a lot of homes at the same time, then they, like, you know, the demand and supply might bring the price down, but yeah. That's right. It's the, it's the deficit of homes, the the deficit of availability that causes the price to yeah. shoot up. And yeah. The, the the population is just ever increasing it it every year i go to you know you can tell around christmas time not e- not even those peak holiday um moments but you know, i was in the mall the other day and i it was just packed just completely yeah. packed and during daytime hours too um so you know it's it's never been yeah. it was never like that yeah. it was never like that from when i remember all right so i hope uh, we're going to end this now we have been talking for a very long time. The short conversation became a very long conversation because I think so. You know, uh, Britain has sort of like the same frustrations as Canada right now. And a lot of people are feeling these frustrations as we both are. I hope that the next election is the turning point. What's happened in Argentina uh, yesterday might yeah. be an indicator of where people are mentally going. Like they've had enough. They know the left uh, side of politics is bringing them down. It's it's time for a change. Uh, I think so. If change doesn't happen, then we are going to see uh, once in a lifetime sort of exodus of people, the migration, reverse migration of people away from the West towards the East uh, sort of a thing. And people oh, yeah. would disperse themselves where necessary. True. But yeah, let's, let's hope. Let's yeah, hope absolutely. Canada uh, yeah, retains itself. Uh, somehow because it's it is an integral part of the west you know it's a beautiful country i mean uh, yeah i'm grateful to to live here i really am i I still am (laughs) 
Yeah. Despite all the political chaos, it's still a beautiful place. So yeah, I, I don't want to leave. <laughs> the, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we've talked a lot about Canada, as I said. Um, but I think so. It's important to have these conversations on not not even like on expert levels because neither of us are experts in, you know, what the problems are happening. But on, you know, common people like regular people level that we're having because it gives people perspective that it's not just Canadian problem in Canada. It gives that perspective to ca- Canadians. It gives a perspective to uh, the Brits that it's not just their problem in Britain you know, and so on and so on. Similar countries are having similar problems. So also gives us hope that we all have uh, uh, um, the same kind of solutions ahead of us. So it's sort of like a domino effect. If one one country does that, it might help other countries as well to make that decision because then you can see it's possible. And I think so the only possible way is for countries to go more conservative on their, you know, on, on their politicians for a while and, and not just like conservative sounding, you know, it's like in, in Britain doesn't just mean like go for the conservative party because there's hardly any conservatives over there, but go for actual party that want to take those conservative uh, steps. So something that I usually say is like uh, recently, that most of our systems are liberal, all of our systems are liberal, but the actions that we need to take currently are conservative. That's why we need both of them, both the liberals and conservative pulling together. So hopefully, what we have seen is, yeah, Canada has a lot of problems going on. You know, people are struggling in that way, but obviously not all people other people have other roots. People who uh, have enough, they might be able to sustain themselves over this period, you know. And it will give other people who haven't been, uh, who haven't been doing uh, too well this time, to reevaluate their life choices as well, you know, because life is not a carnival. The carnival has actually ended now. So you know, it's for people to put proper basis in for people like you know like yourself as well to see like okay you know maybe renting all the time is not effective right that once the carnival ends then the renting problem comes in so maybe owning houses is actually important and stuff these are the lessons hopefully people can reach to themselves over compassion misplaced compassion is not a good idea that's why you know, this this state-sponsored murder that has led to is not a good idea as well. It, it, it can lead, hopefully it leads Canadians to think like maybe our indulgence in woke ideology isn't all that good because it is destroying us in that sense that we cannot critically think. We, we want to be multicultural, but up to what point? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, maybe perhaps it's a good idea to exclude that from the constitution, to amend that from the constitution, that a country's objective should not be to enhance multiculturalism. It should be to enhance and maintain its national culture. You know, so those are the, hopefully the things that people can see that are playing out. And it's not, it's not, you don't, you're not racist for pointing those things out. Be brave enough to be able to point it out and exactly where those problems are happening. And hopefully, you know, something good happens. If not, 
like we said before, then we are going to see a massive exodus oh, yeah. of people going out of the countries like Canada or, you know, it could be just Canada to America because in America, you're more isolated state to state. But it could be like completely away from the Western countries. People who are able to do it is already happening. People, you know, most notable people are taking that plunge. So, yeah, we're going to end this now. And um, just uh, just tell people where they can find you once again. Yeah, thanks. You can find me at Drawn by Bond. That's my Twitter handle. And www.drawnbybond.com is my website. And yes, yeah, same handle for Instagram. But you'll find me mostly on Twitter. And you'll find me conversing with Momus here on his podcast. So stay tuned, friends. All right, brilliant. Okay. We're going to say goodbye now. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Take care. See you next time. Thanks, everyone. Take care.